What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the year 2022. And we're also going to be casting a couple of predictions for the upcoming 2023 year. Just give us a moment to get into it. In the meantime, sup? I'm Adam. I'm with Darren. He's the lead elder of Grassroots Church. I am an elder of Grassroots Church based here in the Greenbrier Valley, West Virginia. Hi, Darren. Hey, what's up? You ready to talk about 2022? I am. I hope everybody hangs with us because I know some some of our faithful friends and listeners don't they don't like the fluff. This won't be fluff. This isn't fluff. So, friends, here is what's up. A couple, actually, for the past two years, Dan and I have recorded an end-of-year episode reflecting upon the year and, th- and contemplating the upcoming year. In one year, we did the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think that was of 2020, possibly. And then last year, in 2021, we did predictions, or we made just solid predictions about 2022. Today, we are not only combining the good, the bad, the ugly, the previous year with predictions from the upcoming year, for the upcoming year, but we also are going to strive to do so from a more biblical, centristic perspective. And what I mean by that is that if you go back and listen to those wonderful pieces of art we recorded, <laughs> you'll find out that we may or may not be prophets. One of us a little more than the other, but I digress. It's very opinion-based. And here at Grassroots Church, us personally, we want to make sure that our opinions affirm the truth of Scripture. So instead of just saying, what was good in 2022? Let me think of a couple of good things that happened to me or what I think are a couple of good things actually go to Scripture and find context. What does Scripture say is good? And from that definition, from that lens, how can I apply it to the previous year? We'll try to do that with the biblical good, biblical bad, and the biblical ugly of 2022. Does that make sense? Day, Ron. We're going to do our best. Day, Ron. Yeah, you, you drink that coffee. My tongue is so scorched right now. Ah, oh, it's so good. I did it uh, this morning. On my way to the Wild Bean, I didn't have time to sit down and drink a cup of coffee, so I put it in the stinking Yeti. Bittersweet. The Yeti works well. Like, 30 minutes later, the stuff is scalding, and it's painful. And also, I was asked this morning, thank you, Brett, for bringing it up. I did say that one of my goals for 2023 was to not be addicted to caffeine. Here's what y'all are saying. I got, I got a whole year. I'm working on it. It's not easy when it makes me so happy. All right, Darren, are you ready to do this? You seem a little hesitant. I don't know. Like, I, because I can honestly say I have no idea what I'm going to say. I'm like, I've been thinking about it since you texted me, and I'm like, all right, let's get into it. We're going to, yeah, let's do this. Oh, sorry. I typed in good, bad, and ugly to try to get some background music, and this came up. All right, listeners, friends, <laughs> time to talk a little bit of good. Got to get you in the mood. Oh, oh. that's kind of perfect. 
Right? <laughs> Who is this person singing about? What was that? <laughs> you bring me coffee when I wake up too late. Uh, Runaway June and a song called Good, Bad, and Ugly. Man, that is not... No. Darren, have you ever watched the actual movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with uh, Eastwood? No. I've never... I've never seen... I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever watched a Clint Eastwood movie. Really? Not even one of the new ones, like The Mule. Uh, what was the other one? Where Grand Torino? Nope. I know I'm, there are some classic Western fans listening to us right now, rolling over. It's like, wait. But even what's the one where Dirty Harry? All yeah, Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry's great. I like Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, Million Dollar Baby, was he in that? That's a good one. I never watched any of them. I know what those movies are about, but I've never watched them. Yeah, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is great because his character is so stinking cool, and it's a Western, and they're just fun. All right, here we go. Since I don't have it on Apple Music for whatever reason. It's almost like it's coming from your phone. All right, Darren, I'll go first. You can have extra time to think. So what I can tell about the good of 2022 extracting the definition from good of good from scripture uh in the first chapter of genesis god himself mentions that a few things that he created are good for example he made light called it good he made day and night called it good he made earth made land made pretty much made everything and he said it was good but genesis 1 offers a time frame time is introduced to creation in Genesis 1, and time is good. So I was thinking about that, reflecting upon 2022. According to Genesis 1, time itself is good. I think for me personally, and again, Darren, you can answer personally, ministerially, grassroots-wise, nationally, globally, I think that I have had a lot of good quality time spent in scripture, spent in prayer, spent in meditations, a lot of good time with my family, a lot of good time with grassroots. I'm very, very blessed. In the past year, I have been able to spend more time with, yes, God in prayer, meditation, scripture, but also just with my church family. Like My socializing goes through church, which is great <laughs> for that. So I think the best part for me personally in 2022 is that I'm grateful for the time, the good, the amount of good time that I actually had. Like it didn't feel like a waste. I made a prediction last year for 2022 that it'd be a comeback year because 2021 was rough. 2020, it was, we were introduced to COVID and kind of the new way of the globe, if you will. Uh, in 2021, I always felt like it was going... Like from the get-go, it was going to be a trudge because we had to collectively climb out of holes, pretty much, to build back to where we once were. So 2021, very difficult year. But I said last year, 2022, comeback year. And one good aspect of that for me, just, just good time. How do you like how abstract that was? No, it, I'm just sitting here thinking of time was good. So you you kind of broke it down just into just your own time with the Lord, time with church family, time with your family. Right. I mean, previous years it's been, I just don't it. It's been tricky 
because if I want to, if I need to invest more in grassroots, well, I have to either pull more from family or uh, my other job. Or if I need to spend more time with the other job, it takes away from grassroots. It takes away from family. Like there, it's hard. It was hard for me to make that balance. But now my schedule, 2022, has worked out to where you know, I can wake up in the morning. I can spend a good 45 minutes uh, in scripture and in prayer. It's like I can sit down and have meetings with you and Mark. And although it's just the time was good. It was good time. Yeah, and I can see where I. I'm not going to speak for you and Mark. Uh, I look forward to our elders meetings because by and large, I mean, we do have to talk about some tough things sometimes, but they're just good times together. You know, just sitting down and just, hey, what does the church need? What is it? What is the Lord leading us to? What does scripture say? Like those are, those are really good times. And, and I know your group, y'all have been through challenges but I know you said over the past few months your group has really hit a stride that uh, enjoying being together and, and uh, you know, consistency and, um, you know, so, yeah, good. Right, oh, good. 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 The good. It was a good uh, It was a good time, okay? It was a good time. Scripturally, biblically, biblically speaking, 2022 was a good time. What you got? So mine is going to go... Oh, about um, to get shown out. That's what I get for going first. Yeah. Uh, Should have deferred. Mine's going to go a little bit different because I'm I'm looking across. I wanted to start... I should have said this before you said yours. One thing I think we need people to understand, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly and predictions. We're coming from our own context. Correct. We're in Greenbrier Valley, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in a church that's nine years old. Um we are in more of a church planting circle of affiliations. Um, we do have more circles that you and I are part of that are reformed in theology. And so it's like we're coming from our own context. So people might be hearing us going, I don't know if that's a, you know, a nationwide thing. I'm not saying it's a nationwide thing. Yeah, someone in Utah might be listening because you know how big we are in Utah. Hey, Germany. Mass. Yeah, Germany. <laughs> For that one listener in Germany. Yeah, Schnitzel. We Hansel? see you. Hansel Schnitzel. We see you. He is, he's thinking, you know, I don't want to assume Hansel Schnitzel is a he. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're thinking, wait a second, because they have an energy crisis. Their oil got shut off from its major oil source. They're having to rebuild a lot of their energy infrastructure inflation so maybe we can just encourage them today hey hansel schnitzel it's okay man so lady when i when i look there was two things that came to my mind when it was the good when i looked across the landscape of life and uh church uh, grassroots things like that um one was i have been increasingly encouraged throughout this year at uh, something I say all the time, I say it from the pulpit, I say it in our group, I say it in personal conversation, context, context, context. Um, I will hear people, when I hear somebody in the body go, hey, this is what's going on, and this is the scripture I'm using, and this is the context of the scripture, where people try to pull verses to apply to their situations, and you're looking at the context of the verse going, what are you talking about? That has nothing to do with you. 
in, in your situation, but it's it had the right words, you know. But I hear people more often go, yeah, I don't want to use that scripture because the context, and I'm like, that makes me so happy that people are trying to, you know, as Paul said, rightly divide the word of truth. They're trying to do that with understanding the context of what's being written in scripture. And and that's just encouraging to me because I've come from some circles in my past that people pull out verses and you're like, why are you, that verse has is, is nothing to do with what you're talking about right now. But understanding the context of who's writing in Scripture, who are they writing to, what's the situation going on, that's been very encouraging me to, the, to me this year, is seeing people want to know God's Word, but know it in context. Then number two, and this is something you and I have talked a lot about, I think it's a good thing. This is actually, I think it's a byproduct of the pandemic. The people coming into the church are looking to have community to connect with. Where so much of our lives were isolated through the pandemic because of the pandemic. Even due to the arguing around the pandemic, we just felt isolated. And People coming into the church are like, man, put us in a group. We want to serve. We want to be connected. We want to be known. People aren't just looking for a place to feel good. Mm. They're like, let us let us connect. And so that I had to put two goods looking past. So Darren's looking at the grassroots local church body and thinking to himself, man, there's a lot of good stuff here. These folks are digging for biblical context and truth, and they're striving for it, and then folks are wanting to be engaged and plugged in a sense of community. It's funny, I saw a Ben Shapiro clip a few days ago. I guess he was giving advice to young people in general. Granted, he's not Christian, but he did say something. I was like, man, that's profound. He's like, if I can give any advice, it would be this. Find an old piece of wisdom and just hold on to it, and then immerse yourself in a community within that old wisdom. It's like, yeah, boom, perfect. Like, it's what we need. So bad is it? Except he probably said it like ten times faster. What we need is to get into a community where people can understand what they're talking about. Because other people, no I'm kidding. You need to watch something that he does and put it on double speed and see if you can even understand what he's saying. Hey, I'm because a lot of the media I consume, a lot of the world that I consume goes through audio. <laughs> One of the joys of being a low vision person. I man, I can put most books up to two times the speed. I can listen to podcasts. I can rip through a like a forty-five minute podcast in like twenty minutes. It is, and I comprehend it really well. I'm very very happy that that skill got worked up. It's like yay, one of my senses. But the only problem is I get overstimulated now badly. Like if there's a lot of noise and I can't focus on one particular thing to proceed, it drives me nuts. I have to. That's why I'm becoming more of a loner. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Overstimulation is the thing. I used to, like, someone would say, oh, a kid gets overstimulated. I was like, oh, good grief. But no, it's a, huh, a lot of background noise. Everybody, everybody gets overstimulated. It's just at different points and in different yep. ways. Like, I, I know it within myself where I'm like, I feel it. I need to withdraw and, and be alone for a little bit. Everybody gets that. So, so yeah, that's, that's, oh. That's my good. What about All that right. Bad? So far, my good was it was a good time, biblically speaking. Darren likes the way the church is diving deeper into community and scripture. Yes, I do. It's time to talk a little bit about some ugly things, according to scripture. 
That was I wasn't expecting that. Ooh. <laughs> we are getting flagged for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't report as Germany. You don't even know. All right, so bad. The worst thing in all of scripture is sin. And as Christians, we're supposed to love what God loves and hate what God hates. God hates sin. Anything that's not of him, um, that glorifies him, sin. Human nature is inherently sinful and selfish at its core. Only by a divine act of a supernatural infinite being can that actually be broken broken down and restored. Since humans have the propensity for such bad sin, the epitome of human grossness throughout all of our history, which obviously includes rebellion against God, is war. War, and we overlook it. Like, it's, you know, studying history or watching movies, and some movies will try to touch on it, just how brutal it is, but a lot of war is, like, glorified. It's like a glorious battle. Um, Dude, every battle, like, if you look into it, these, look into ancient history battles, it is awful. War, the, the folks that go through it, because ultimately you have someone trying to break the will. It's not about hurting someone. That's nothing, almost. It's about literally breaking someone's will and dominating them, whether it be hand-to-hand combat, artillery, strat, anything. It's like, how can I dominate? Like, it's awful. Absolutely crazy. So the worst bad of 2022 is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It is. And it's worse now. And I said this last year. I'm decent with history, but I've never really looked in the military stuff. But for the past year following the war in Ukraine... I've actually gotten to a point, thankfully, to where I get the context of something. It's kind of what you're talking about, but apply this to war. So you hear about so many soldiers that died in Bakhmut, for example, in Ukraine. A certain number comes to mind. Just understanding war and how it works, it makes sense. Compare that to, like, different battles of the Civil War or World War II. Like, the context is there for me now as I follow through this. Combine that with the amount of information that's available. Granted, a lot of it is misinformation because there's no war. War is war. We just know more. Like, people are better connected. Like, you can you can follow a live feed from someone in Bakhmut right now. It's crazy. The war in Ukraine, by and far, the worst thing that's happened globally because of human... It's just gross. Like, the whole thing. War is awful. Um, you, do you feel like it's already taken a like it, it's on the back burner for most of the world. Like not as it's hard for me to say. I because I follow it a lot. I don't know if it's on the back burner because it does have an influence on global markets, energy, military funding, military strategy. So it, it and that does affect the taxpayers. It does affect the citizens. But do you just feel like most people don't wake up going, "Oh, I wonder how things are going on in Ukraine." Right. Yeah, and that's and the, you know war like the you know people committing absolute the worst atrocities that you can you're imagining. And that's the thing you read about something terrible, and it's like I would never even have thought that. Like the amount of creativity that goes into evil. I mean, the Nazis were very creative in how they figured out how to industrialize an assembly line murder. I mean, that's what that's just it's just bad. But no, it's people get just get sick of it, and I, I feel like the direction it's heading, it's kind of like, we're just, can you all just like sign a treaty? Just, just stop 
because it's annoying us instead of being like, oh, this is. And obviously, I'm not equating these two, but I remember, you know, just thinking about when Russia invaded Ukraine, everything was pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine. You saw Ukrainian flags everywhere. People are really holding that nation up. They're remembering it, you know. And then just slowly, you're kind of like, okay, okay, we've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it. Yeah, we're praying for them. You know, let us know when it's over. I just wondered if it, it felt the same in the rest of the world as it did for us when, you know, the war in Iraq, when we went over there, you know, just initially it's like we're paying attention every day. We're, you know, how are things going? And we pay, and the rest of the world's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, the U.S. is trying to take care of business over there, and, you know, they took their military might over there, and, okay, now they've gotten into the capital, and then they're just kind of like, yeah, let us know when it's over. I wonder if the rest of the world responds. Yeah, the world, they don't want to know about the grit and the the grossness that goes into it um you know for example right now see we in every war there it's just gray it's like what's the right thing to do and you know this happened to the u.s as well when we were in iraq and afghanistan so we're there to take out terrorists uh various from various terrorist organizations uh and terrorist groups do this they'll put you know mortar right in the middle of a schoolyard like, they're based there, and they'll put kids all around them and be like, we're going to fire this mortar at you, and the only way you're going to take us out is if you kill a bunch of kids in this schoolyard. So we're like, okay, uh, what do we do? Well, I mean, what do you do? Let your people die and get mortared or blow up the school? Like, that is – now, multiply that decision-making by a million. It's rough. And Ukraine is a little bit different because, you know, it's not even the Russian army. It's a bunch of um, mercenaries, the Wagner Group mostly, and they, they get – People out of prison, murders, rapists, uh, people with AIDS to go rape. It's dude, it's it's crazy. It, mm. It's it's gross, but it's war, ugly, yeah. human nature at its core. There well, it goes. and it's since Cain and Abel, it's been a part of our history. Every nation, no no nation, no nation has ever existed that doesn't have a history of war. Like, everybody has it. And there's uh, that patent quote. In America, like, we are very war savvy. Yeah, we're good at it. Like, I've been going through a Civil War documentary. (laughs) During the Civil War, comparing, like, battles of the Civil War to other battles we've been in and also with the Eastern Ukraine war, it's, uh, dude, Americans are crazy. If I was another country watching the United States during the Civil War, I'd be like, I'm not going to touch them. They're nuts. The, the way that so we're we're pretty proficient in our creativity as well and i understand the necessity for it. it's just unfortunate like i don't know it's sad that humans will do that to each other yeah it's um, going to be a good day whenever that's gone well it's the whole it's, promise of hope of return of christ is the yeah. you know turning guns into plowshares and mm-hmm. the lion lays down with the lamb and word so human nature fixed repaired um, for my bad. Oh wait, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What you got for your bad? So for my bad, um, I do uh, has biblical context, and uh, I see it continuing to degrade. Just what I've seen that's just bad. As Christians, I see us continuing to respond to the world as the world responds to us. 
we as Christians have been commanded to, as Jesus said, turn the other cheek. We've been commanded to, uh, you know, Paul said, with all that's possible, I try to live at peace with men, um, with man. And, you know, even Paul himself, you know, going into different contexts of the uh, Roman Empire at the time, uh, planting churches, spreading the gospel, um, you know, saying things like, hey, let us come reason together. And um, and he was very bold in what he said, but I just feel like the church has felt justified. When I say the church, I'm just talking about Christians. I'm not talking about, you know, Southern Baptist organization leaders or, you know, big wigs for megachurch. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the Christians that feel justified in responding to the world in the same way the world responds to us. Uh, going, yeah, if that's how they're going to act, then I can, it's like, but we were called to be different. Um, it's what sets us apart is how we respond. Um, it's why, you know, Scripture says, hey, you know, heap hot coals on their heads by heaping kindness on them. You know, giving them love for hate, giving them kindness for brutality. Um, it, it it reminds me, and I think this gives a good example because a lot of them are like, well, we're we're not supposed to just roll over and die for them. You know, it's like, no, we roll over and die for Christ. But uh, I saw this picture. This church in China, um, government officials, uh, police were attacking a pastor of a church. And what the parishioners did, the, the members of his church, all they did was get in between the pastor and this police, and they absorbed the blows. They didn't tackle him back. They didn't drive him away from They just, like, please stop. He's a man of God. Please, and please don't anybody take, like, don't misinterpret this. That I'm, that I'm sitting there going, "Hey, if anybody hits me, y'all better step in and take that punch." Like it's I not, got you yeah, out there, and I'll totally take that punch for you. I appreciate. But that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, temperamental. So, <laughs> red fury. But that's a I just, blind fury. I, I I feel like that's a good personification of that we as Christians. Um, and please understand, I, me included. Um, that we we should not respond with silence, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But in our response, it should not be equal to the world's response. It should be equal to how Jesus would respond. It's like in Jude where, where he writes, contend for the faith. Instead, Christians are fighting. To, they're contending sometimes. I get what you're saying. It's like with their different current events that some would throw their entire well-being behind. It's like, man, we're supposed to fight for the faith, not for anything else. And it's also like be of the world, but be in the world, but not of the world, not have the same substance. To fight with the world's weapons is being of the world. Like if we're representing his eternal kingdom, a place of peace, you know, where we plow and we don't shoot mortars <laughs> in schoolyards, 
It's like, that's who we're supposed to represent. That's the kingdom that we are from, and we'll be back one day, and we're supposed to represent that to the world to show them. Yeah, and, and I, it is sad whenever, I, I get what you're saying. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm not saying be weak. That's not what I'm saying. You know, somebody's not going to break into my house, and I'm going to be like, you know, hey, listen, could you, could you please just leave? Like, I don't, I've got kids here. Like, if somebody's between me and my kids, that's the worst place to find yourself. Okay, like that's the worst place because there's everything in my house can be turned into an object of pain. <laughs> you know, I will I will pull the TV off a wall and throw it at you. You know, so I'm not talking. You about, don't move. I'm going to make you watch Barney. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to I'm not talking about being weak. But what I am talking about is um, when people say things about us or to us or um, about, you know, the things we stand for, we don't respond with the same. And I'm going to use this word. Please just forgive me for using this word, but it's a good. We don't respond with the same energy that they respond to us with. We respond with the Holy Spirit. We want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so um, I, I, I do hope people are hearing me not, I'm not saying this like shame on all you people. Like I'm, I'm putting myself in that as well, that um, I'm quick to, give sarcasm back mm-hmm. i'm i'm quick to oh you hurt my feelings here we go boom take that back How yeah like, like that? i can like, i can give it right back to you or i can mm-hmm. shut you down just as quick and and i and i and i want to work on that i want to be better about um responding through the spirit instead of the flesh gotcha that's a good one there all right we want to talk about some ugly ugly that's kind of hard what what does the bible call Ugly. Like, where does one find ugly in Scripture? I've seen some beasts that were explained in Revelation, but that's that's hard to talk about right now. I don't know the full story. You know, have you seen the pictures, by the way, of people's uh, biblically accurate angel topper tree toppers for their Christmas trees? Does it look like the thing from uh, Midnight Mass? It's it's like. <laughs> You know, the wings with the eyes all over it. (laughs) Eyes all around the head and horns on the horns. Crazy looking creatures that they've made for their angel. It's Morgoth from the seventh dimension. (laughs) Also known as an angel here in the third dimension. No, uh, ugly is neither good nor bad. It's just It's like, nah, it's like, I don't want to look at that. Yeah, I just just don't want to look at an ugly uh, situation. I'm going to say the ugly right now is technology. And you and I, now I put a lot of thought in this. I was going to say weather because I don't, the weather, it's extreme. Yes, we have more data. We just probably know more about it. Yeah, but we're in the December. Weather, yeah. Late and December. And I'm, I'm very biased. Last week's little Arctic blast really got me wanting May. But uh, technology. Or July. Technology is either going to make or break us. Give me heat. Uh, chat, GPT, which I'm playing around with. It's awesome. It's freaky. The amount of information that it collects, the information that it can just give right to you, kind of cuts out the middleman of Googling something and doing the research or sell. It's, I think because of technology, we are at a point now where it can either go really bad. Like, we can use this for selfish reasons. We can use this to sit around all day even more and automate work, and that's going to increase. Like, that's the next, you know, the next decade almost. What are we going to do with the technology? 
we can produce food at a crazy rate. We can make our lives so comfortable because of technology. Or the other option is to know we're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to build community. And technology is going to be attached on the side, kind of use it as like a side partner instead of like leading the way. Um, like I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years here people say, it's like, well, I would believe in God, but the AI says it's not real. He's not real probably. Something like, you know, that's what I'm saying. So we're at a point now, I think technology Artificial intelligence. I sound like a crazy person. I hope I'm not coming across as too crazy. I'm just saying we're at a crossroads right now. And the past year has shown that. With technology, it can either be a really good thing, connect you with community. Like, I'm um, in a support group for low vision people like myself. It's awesome to hear other people's stories and talk to them. But the other hand, it's easy to be lazy. It's easy to give in to temptation. It's easy to anonymously post and rip someone apart. It's just too easy to abuse it. And it's becoming easier to abuse it, but we need to be careful. It could be, it's getting ugly. Which I think Technology. is a, a, where the church can again lead the way for us. And, and I do want to point out, I think this is preferential, but we had a biblical stance for why we did it. So thankful for technology during the pandemic that allowed us to remain connected. And I'm not talking about posting on Facebook. I'm talking about having a live stream for Sunday mornings. I'm talking about our groups, being able to meet online together, seeing each other face-to-face as best we could through a screen, hearing each other's voices. Um, But we ended our live stream, it's it's been a little over a year ago that we ended our live stream being live because we're like, technology's good to have that, that say, you know, say one of your kids was sick and Jesse's like, I'm going to stay home with the kids today. Mm -hmm. For her to be able to still see the Sunday morning gathering and you're up there preaching and she's connecting with all that and feeling that connection with the church is great. But then you also have then people that go, you know, I just don't feel like going out today. I'll just watch the live stream. It's like technology is great, or it can be bad. It, it's, uh, so I'm going to say ugly is technology. It's like it's not good. It's not bad. It has the potential to do something crazy in the next few years, and we got to get ahead of this, uh, especially when it comes to teens and younger generations. Darren, what you got is ugly, brah. I could go with the easy one. I like that. I could just go politics. Ugly. It was a midterm. I just ignore it. I've <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, I I'm could out. I could go with that. Um, but I feel like that's too easy. I have I'd went out of my way to never mention politics in anything I've talked about so far. I I, I could <laughs> go with that. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna. You and I talked a little bit about it today. I'm gonna go with entertainment because, and and part of it is just the older you get, the more aware you become of things. You and I have talked about in depth on this podcast, just in general. Uh, I think I've even preached on it. The idea of uh, the good old days. There's no such thing as the good old days. There's just a an age of innocence where you just weren't aware of what was going on around you. Um, When I look at entertainment today, I'm talking about from movies, TV shows, 
even to sports, it's hard to just enjoy a show, a movie, to watch a game. There's always some kind of underlying agenda having to be pushed. Weight. Like, a lot of weight. Yeah. And like, even to the point of when you watch when you watch a football game, when you watch a basketball <laughs> the game. The halftime show over the Super Bowl. Weight. Yeah. It's heavy. like, can we just <clears throat> not? And I know, I, listen, I understand people wanting to use their platforms uh, to educate, to help people understand things. But it's just kind of like, the reason I'm putting it down as ugly, it's like, I just don't want to watch anymore. Like, I don't even want to look. Like, I I told you I quit watching SportsCenter a long time ago mm-hmm. because I want to see highlights. I don't want to see 30 seconds of highlights and 10 minutes of commentary and debate. Come on, Tim Legler, wrap it up. Yeah, like, like I just want to see, hey, why is it, this team's not connecting on the floor as much? The coaching, you know, connection there. Like, I understand, but I, I don't need to understand the ownership drama and backdrop and all that. It's like, it's just show me highlights. That's why I'm watching a game. You know, when I go to a movie, I go to a movie. I've always told people, this always cracks me up with people and their reality. Um, People don't like certain movies because they're so unrealistic. I'm like, you're watching a show about a guy who learned something called the mystic arts, and there are an endless amount of realities that have these little... There is nothing based in reality there. So, yeah. It's not real. I go to it to escape reality yeah. for a little bit just to have some fun to watch a movie to be entered my ugly is just entertainment across the board i like it yeah i just yeah. don't even how many kids shows you. do you feel comfortable just clicking on and letting your kids watch now it's tough no, commercials are worse than what is on kids youtube or kids netflix like watching basketball or watching tbs and nice and i'm a, i'm still an old school tv guy i like sitting down and flipping through the channels at night when no one's around i'm the only i feel like i'm the only tv person left everyone else went to streaming but i i like i'll go to tv land and i'll go to history channel and then i'll go to like comedy central i like flipping channels going back and forth but anyway hey can i give a quick plug dude mm. bluey yeah I love that show. I saw it. Cast the parcel. It came on, on the other day. You got the, the dad's like, like, it's not their birthday. Why does everybody get something? Just he gets something. It's awesome. It's a good show. Have it's you seen the one about the 80s yet? <sighs> no, man. I, I'm sure I have, but I can't recall. You got to get to the one where the dad's describing the 80s, and they were like, you went somewhere by yourself? And he goes, I told you. It was the 80s. It was familiar. a crazy time. <laughs> it's a clever show. Now, we watch yeah. a lot of Mickey Matilda, right now. Rowan likes the new Matilda show, which I haven't watched, but I think she likes the music and the kids singing and stuff. But no, media, man, we, the 90s were the best. My favorite. 2000s, best. And now it's unoriginal and my favorite common cartoon. Not common, modern cartoon. Like, (laughs) I have the cartoons I grew up with. Yeah. But. The one that I think just strikes a chord with me so much is Phineas and Ferb. 
I've never watched it. Do you know why though? There's there's no agenda to it. It feels like every kid's cartoon you watch now, they're trying to teach them something. Phineas and Ferb is literally just, hey, it's summer oh. break. What are we going to get into? See, Rowan, <laughs> there's a show that she used to watch called, I want to mess it up, Ben and Holly, I think. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. But it's about elves and fairies, and there's literally no plot. One group does magic. One group is very weary of magic. And the couple of a boy and a girl happen to be best friends from different groups. Jesse used to hate that show. Well, because of their fake, their fake British accents are unreal. <laughs> and she's like, there's no moral anything to it. And I thought that was the funniest show. Same thing with SpongeBob. Like, the first few seasons of SpongeBob are so epic. Because you're not going to watch it and be like, oh, I I'm a better person to watch this. It's more like, yeah. it's like, wait, how did he just blow that bubble? Who is Smitty Van Weberman Jensen? Dude, can you please introduce Rowan to Phineas and Ferb? Please. Okay. Just remind just me. So Text me later so I can remember. Just so you can watch it. Dude, I love Prediction. I will try. I love it. To do that. There, and we got a couple minutes left. Um, I have a couple of predictions for 2023 and yeah, i've only got one so why don't you hit okay. us with both yours now this uh, yeah we're gonna try to be biblical in this uh as best we can but you know, history past present future is already written but um the first one i'm gonna uh, all right just to ref so 2020 pandemic world ah crazy 2021 Climbing Supply out of chain it. stuff, climbing out a lot 2022 of 2022 has felt normal. Yeah, stabilized. 20 yeah. Oh, and war and inflation. Like we're we're still inflation is largely largely. When I say felt normal, it's felt normal compared with pandemic. Like exactly. The you past, go places. You're you know yeah. Past few years have been so eventful, and I know every year is eventful. But the events that are taking place on the on the global level on which we yeah. now live, global community, it seems like. They're um, grand scale, high level. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen in 2023. My prediction, and this might be more hope, 2023 is going to be boring. Watch, watch what happens. Inflation is going to tick down so slowly as to be boring. That's what gas prices did. Actually uh, paid for forty dollars in gas the other day, and I got to thirty nine. I didn't even break forty for a full tank, and I was like, "This is crazy." This is the first and time you said hey, gas station. You keep that extra dollar. I did. No, I went in and I was like, "You can keep the change." And she's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Well, how much is it?" She said forty seven cents. I was like, "Yeah, y'all can put it in your little Literally, change, do that." I just want to come here and celebrate with you. But seriously, I creep down behind our backs. Not that there's you know, no elections. Yeah, no election. That's 2024. So we're in, we're in between yeah. that. Inflation probably will. I mean, the market has a way of settling itself down. It'll, it's going to, it's just, it's compared to the previous few years, it's going to be vanilla. That's, and, uh, you know, just thinking about scripture as well. You know, you have the seasons, day, night, you know, morning. You have the day, and then it gets dark, and then there's night and seasons. Kind of that same whole story. I feel like we can start doing that with like global situations, to where you know the '90s, brand new morning, 2000s afternoon. It's kind of getting a little, little dicey. Evening, oh, it's getting rough. And then 2020, it's like the sun comes up. It's midnight. But now, you know, we're. Hey, do you you remember during the pandemic? What did they call it? Um, where you got. Uh, you you got weary of hearing about the pandemic fatigue, oh yeah, pandemic fatigue. Yeah, where you just heard about it so Total much, fatigue. you just wanted to go somewhere where you didn't hear about it. I know, I, it dominated my thinking 
day in and day out. Like April 2020, that's well, all you can think about. Here in our little state, you know, the governor is on YouTube every day. Talking about 20 people Here, who died. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. It was at. like at Harry Potter whenever they kept carrying around the radio to listen to how many wizards died with Voldemort's war. And so I wonder if a year like 2023, if it is boring, it's just because people like, we want a boring year. Please just give us a boring year. I'm pretty sure that's why Biden became president, amongst <laughs> other reasons. But I think that people are like, give me the boring person. I'm tired of eccentric anything. Yeah. Like, just give me the boring old man. Okay, so let's see how this year goes. It's not going to be boring for us. No, I have one but other. Globally. Do you, me, do you want me to throw out my second prediction? Yeah, go because for it, because I've little, only got one. It's a little bit more specific. Uh, I think the grassroots with the seeds that have been planted in the past few years. I see what you did there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Grassroots. <laughs> Uh, seeds planted with grassroots institute grassroots doctrine with uh, new grassroots church history church history coming up coming 2023 bible studies simplified a big push for biblical literacy theological context grassroots will be the most biblically literate church in the greenbrier valley by the end of 2023 i that's a bold prediction. Some of these, some of these folks out there, Darren. Man, we got some heavy hitters in our congregation. That's a bold. They're prediction. under the radar, but I'll say something, be like, "Ah, I figured this out," and then some random dude will be like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, "That's a better point." That gun it, y'all are on it. Ooh, love it. Do you like? I mean, that's. I just want to keep that push for sola scriptura, biblical inerrancy. Let's go to scripture first to define Ooh. our reality, not what we can think of. And I think grassroots is in the right. And I'm not knocking any other church, but I think that the zeal for that is more prevalent here. Maybe I am super biased. It's more prevalent here than in some other organizations. Let's go. I I don't want to say like bold. It wouldn't be a badge of honor like to hold over other churches if if we were considered like the most biblically literate in the area. It wouldn't be a badge. It would be a badge of honor to the glory of God and for his kingdom that there's a a church that is like we value scripture above all and we value the context of scripture where it's at and we want to man i love that well i mean and obviously we're going to keep pushing for that we're going to biblical literacy has been a yeah. focus of and ours i'm for not a talking about all oh, we can answer the questions right i'm talking about no our day today is based on the truth of scripture the revelation of jesus therein well people wonder why Boom. you know we offer things like institute and doctrine we we, we offer uh you know, now our leadership residency, which will kick up again in 2023, uh, a new class of those that would, because right now we have John and Bretter in it as our guinea pigs, <laughs> you know, that a huge portion of it is becoming even greater, in a greater way, biblical, biblically literate. And um, and then why we teach expository, like, I'd, okay, tell me real quick, for those of you that don't know, okay, this Sunday, January 1st, this Sunday, I... I'm going to be preaching a condensed one Sunday teaching of the book of Hosea. So that's going to be very fun. The week after is Vision Sunday, where leadership of the church is going to say, hey, 2023, this is where we see God leading us as a church. Let's go along with this together. Sunday after you preach, there's no series we're in. Scripture's open to you. How much I hate when I when we're not going through a, a book. I hate it. When it's like just pick a passage and or or a topic. I can't stay. I love preaching through books. 
how do you feel about the third Sunday where it's like, here, preach something? <laughs> Flattered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I kind of already knew what I would, what I'm being led to talk about. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Joshua chapter one. Oh, be strong. You come. wanted us to go through Joshua so uh, bad so this year, me, and I'm going to try my best to get that book in GSM because I didn't get my way before. What's funny is you wanted Joshua, I wanted Hebrews, and we ended up in Exodus. <laughs> well, so we've done Genesis, and this year we're going through Exodus. We've done Judges, and it's like that. Gone, we're almost like we're missing, we're missing Joshua, and uh, but basically Joshua chapter one. Before you know, Moses died, and Joshua choose you this eating. day who you will serve. Is that Joshua one? Uh, the the main focus: be courageous. Don't let the word of the Lord part from your lips. Meditate on God's law daily. Like those four things before you go into battle, before you inherit the land that I promise. Like what should you do? It's like be strong and courageous. I was close. It was Joshua twenty four. Oh, so close. <laughs> That's only twenty three. So chapters something to that effect. Off. Talking about the season that we're in right now. Um, you know, waiting upon the fulfillment of God's kingdom. It's like, well, what do we do in the meantime? It's like receive the inheritance. It's like, all right. Well, how do we do that? Be strong, courageous. Don't let the word of the Lord depart from your lips. Meditate on his law. Love it. Live by it. It's like, I don't know, something wrong. That's well, where I'm at. I, like I cheated. That you got me. I like that you're teaching on that because my prediction for 2023. That I will bomb so badly. That was the only one I came up with. No, um, we talked about it a long time ago when the pandemic hit. Um, I can remember in uh, 2020 being on vacation and recording the sermon uh, from vacation to be played the following week. I remember that. Yeah. And um, I remember using the illustration of the when you go get a Christmas tree and you hit the Christmas tree on the ground. Uh, I was even watching Christmas Story. We watched Christmas Story Christmas Eve. And uh, when they go to buy their Christmas tree, and this guy's like, you know, this is a Christmas tree. It's not one of those that loses all its needle. It hits it on the ground and moves it, and there's just this pile of needles there. I said, that's what happened with the church um, organizationally within America through the pandemic is those who were just a part of a club, those who did it socially, those who um, did it to check off boxes for holiness, uh, those people left the church because it was not easy to be a part of the church during the pandemic. But those who were truly wanting to be a part of the body of Christ stuck with it, hung in there. And I think it's going to continue to happen in 2023 where, and, and I might be saying this because I feel the Lord pressing this on me personally, but I think it's the church as well, where we are going to have to graciously and lovingly take biblical stances on things going on in our nation. And so my prediction is that we are going to strengthen in our resolve to be the church. And not everybody's going to be happy with us in that. Uh, there are going to be people that we consider close that are going to walk away from us. Um, not because we're jerks with Scripture, but because we take biblical stances uh, on topics that are that are going on in our world today, um, where we 
we basically make the choice, okay, Christ over all. Like, I'll take Jesus above anything else or anyone else. And, and some people are going to see us make that choice and go, well, I don't want to be around you then. That's going to be hard. But the church is going to continue to strengthen and resolve. Yeah, it does seem like we're getting closer to a point where the tepid, lukewarm, kind of Christian, but kind of not really, those days are kind of passing. Like, you can more clearly see because of all the heartache and trials over the past few years. It's like, yeah, don't get and, me wrong. You'll not, always I'm, be able to find a church that allows you to just sit quietly and not care. You'll always be able to find an organization that lets you do that. But, yeah. It's just become easier to be like, nope. It's like, I know what you're talking about. There's a Ben Shapiro, again. Might be the same episode. Uh, was critiquing someone that, you know, using Bible to promote and encourage homosexual relationships. It's like, mm, no. Like, just, no? Yeah. Uh, but stuff like that. It's like, it's easier to see. It's like, hey, here's what the Bible says, and here's what it means to be a Christian. In a rela- it's like, no, from the get-go, like, let's back up. That is not in Scripture in that way. You know? So I, I, I get what you're saying. It's going to be easier to tell. It is an omen, but it is a hopeful omen. Yeah. And, and again, if we're strengthening our resolve, it goes back to we're going to be strengthening our understanding of Scripture and why we stand where we do, and we'll be strengthened in Christ. It doesn't mean life will get easier. It just means that we have more of a sure footing in Christ. And we almost have to, I mean, to not be grounded uh, on Christ in Scripture. You're going to be eaten alive out there. Like, it is a madhouse. Well, we can honestly say on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Man, all of the ground is like sinking sand, sand, right? Uh, Be warned, friends. You know what, Darren? I appreciate you being on this. We are holiday weary but excited for the upcoming year. Friends, did you like 2022? What was your good, your bad, your ugly for 2022? What do you predict? In 2023, you'd love to hear from you. GrassrootsWV.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Y'all are awesome. Love you.